You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Oh, I was just looking at some facts, guys. <laughs> poor, poor Nick's like, what's wrong with the camera? Uh, he is something else, I'll tell you. Well, hello. What's up, brothers? Hello, hello. We're, uh, we're, we're living the dream over here, Prasky. I look at, I look at how I figured out my window thing. You guys see that? Ah. That's that's one of those big post-it note things that's blocking the sun for me. That works. I know. It's you as know, good as it, ours. It mean, took about a, took about a year and a half to figure out, but I think I've got it. Like We're, blinds tend to work, but these blinds kind of let like the sun in. You know, it's funny. We actually are uh, in the process of redoing our office here, and uh, we we got a hold of some really cool furniture. My brother uh, had an opportunity. He does high-end commercial build-outs in offices, which you're like, oh, nobody's doing those right now. They're, they're so busy, they don't know what to do with themselves on these high-end, you know, big remodels and, and big companies. But anyway, they uh, so some of this, what they call used furniture, to me, is brand new. And I'm like, so we're redoing our office. And so it's kind of funny you talk about those big Post-its. I remember I bought these Post-it notes that were, one foot by one foot, like glow in the dark pink. And then I bought these big ones for putting on the wall. Like I want to say in 2007 or eight, you know, and to do a team meeting with, and all of a sudden we're cleaning the office and I go, that's where they went. I always say my office, they always organize my stuff and it disappears. And uh, so now I'm trying to figure out what I can do with my post-its. And now I know I can use them as window coverings. I don't know. Andy, I noticed is your sign you added three of the logos, the radio hour on there too. Is that a new sign? Oh, that uh, that's why we're cleaning the office. They threw that up there. Yep. Huh. That that um that's yeah, a magnet. That supposed to be up there, but thank you. There's a yes, magnet on there. That's a rider. Uh, oh, rider. Normally rides down here and goes wiggle, wiggle, wiggle in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> hey I'll guys, just I'll just hold that here for my commercial. I'll stop right here. Yep. <laughs> Nick, um, Nick, when I first saw him, when I first met Andy, I came to the office. I was going to meet him. And I drive up, car. and there's this car that's just like, it's like screaming. I think it had lights flashing and everything. I mean, <laughs> every logo you could possibly have on his truck. Kind of a proud man, Chris. I'm, uh, it was, no, I, I, what's wrong with you. that? Hey, what's wrong with that, man? I don't I like it. Hey, guys, I'm in um, uh, Albania, though, the North Korea of Europe. I've been checking out some real estate over here. I'm in Saradan. Saradin. Oh. I should have put a, a video up here, but it's basically like Corfu, which is a famous uh, Greek island for a fourth of the price. And there is like, I mean, my place is amazing. It's two bedroom. Um, you have a whole rooftop that has a view of everything. And I'm paying 500 a month. And I also saw a place for 65,000 euros, which is about $65,000. It was a two bedroom. Beautiful balcony view of uh, the sea, and it was like a three-minute walk to the beach. So the price is definitely right over here. What, I think what uh, I recommend Albania. Albania, yeah. Is it safe? Very. It's been very safe. I mean, 
you're they're very protective of their people. So if you just stay to your own, everything is fine. But the reason I said North Korea of Europe is because uh, for 40 years under one of their communist dictators, they were shut off from like the rest of the world. Like even uh, right. Russia, they got in a feud with and then China. They're like, no, that's not real communism. We do it. And uh, so like tourists couldn't even come here to like the late the 80s, you know, so it's still pretty much untouched, which makes everything super cheap. Well, is that uh, what drew you there was the price or just to try something different? I, I started hearing it's starting to get popular in the nomad circles. because It's basically like Greece, but for a fourth of the, the budget. And uh, I'm like, shoot, let's try it out. And so far, I mean, very good. It's sunny all the time. The water's perfect and, and everything oh. is very cheap. Oh, that's cool. Liam, Liam Neeson wouldn't say that. Yeah, Taken. <laughs> the movie and, Taken the movie was taken. from there. Yeah. <clears throat> They're a little protective of their ladies over there, though, aren't they, Nick? Yes. Yeah, they're very well. It's a secular uh, Islamic uh, society, and uh, they've been bonded so together through all the foreign powers that came here. The communists, like their family, is the most important thing by far for them. So they say, like, if you beat up an Albanian guy, he'll come back the next day with like ten cousins and brothers, and you know they're gonna beat you up. So it's like that, kind of like Brooklyn Park. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's a that's where Andy went high school. Tell that's you a Park Center pirate thing right there, my friend. Totally. Hey, I'm gonna get this this ball rolling though. Let's see what's going on in, in your guys' world. I got uh mortgage rates, they have reached the highest level since 2008. Wonderful. What do you guys think of that? Uh that's why we choose to pay cash for everything, Nick. <laughs> hey, the cash the cash people are buying too. That's for oh, sure. I, know. I was kind of joking, but you're right, yes. It's I'll tell you what, these rates have really hit some uh market segments hard, really hard. Um and there's some uh, prices that are crumbling and or just not getting any sales in them. So uh, I think for the most part, people have kind of are kind of waiting it out in, in, from a listing standpoint because there's still little inventory. So invent, I'm telling you what, inventory is the key to all of this thing. If that inventory starts creeping up, that's when the market can start heading down. And so hopefully, but I just... Again, I just don't think it's going to happen because of so many people with low interest rates are just not going to sell. So it'll keep the it'll keep the inventory down, continue to keep it down, and uh, hopefully kind of ease us through this. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's true. I mean, new listings right now. I was just looking at. I ran uh, the latest reports, and the new listings are down um, year to date twenty percent over last year. Um, mm -hmm. Closed sales are down twenty percent. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the median sale price is up 5.7% year to date. Yeah. So values are still there. There's less houses for sale. Um, and I think there's what, what I found really interesting was, is that the, uh, sale price, they're still averaging 102% of the uh, sale price. So there are some houses that are still going over and some are going right at, but you know, remember the, the way real estate agents can play the game too, is that if you adjust your list price to your sale price, Weird, it sold for 100% of sale price or list price. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it doesn't show a negative number there. Um, and so a lot of agents will do that. They'll they'll adjust that so that, I mean, because who's kidding you with all these apps and everything that are out there, we're playing statistics. So this agent has this selling percentage. They get this much of sale price. All those numbers are used against the agent. So the agents manipulate sometimes those numbers to favor their their uh, viewed perception of, of a agent, you know, uh, quality level. And, yeah. and that's what they're doing. But anyway, I just was going to say, so nothing's shocking me so far. I mean, 
kind of the, the big thing that I know um, that Nick likes to talk about is affordability. And it's real simple. As, as houses jumped up, the, the low interest rates kept that momentum going on the prices. And I think that would have really curtailed or slowed, slowed that down earlier in the year. If rates would have went up higher faster, we wouldn't have seen the crazy hyper appreciation. Um, but it did what it did. So now you're seeing, you know, in my, I'm not saying softening, but instead of you making 18% appreciation this year, you might make seven or five. And so people are like, oh, the market's going backwards. It's really not. It's just not crazy anymore. Yeah. Andy, how did you feel about the parade of homes? First weekend was this weekend. Uh, good. We actually have real buyers out there right now, probably traffic wise. And I know this will sound contradictory to some. We saw more traffic this last weekend at our uh, models that we had open and they're actually out there buying. These people were like, you know, not as affected by interest rates. They're out there shopping. Um, we're in that price range. We're in that 750 for one of our models and about 800 on the other. And so we're seeing buyers in that price range. They know what interest rates are and, and they're well aware of that. And they're looking for um, that new build opportunity. You know, we, we continually hear with inflation, the, the thing to do is to buy real estate because yeah. if you put your money into real estate, it's obviously, it's going to go up, you know, and your dollar kind of stays flat and actually loses money. Mm -hmm. And do you, do you think that maybe has something to do with it? I think it also, um, I mean, if, answer that one first. Do you think that does? Say that one more. I wasn't, I'm not quite understanding what you're saying. Oh, okay. Right. No. So I think, you know, we've all heard about inflation and that if you get into real estate, that, uh, you know, that real estate will gain. But if you just keep your money in cash because of inflation, your dollar's worth less. Yeah, it that, goes down in value, right? Yeah. And that people are maybe thinking that way. And I think with the wanting to feel better about maybe what's happening and when prices are all going up and everything, and it's like, gosh, it's... I mean, do you ever notice, I'm just going to say that when, you, when you're working and you're making all this money and you're going hard, you're doing everything, you don't spend anything. And then all of a sudden, when it slows down and everything, you start spending a ton of money. Yeah. And I just wonder if that's kind of happening in the market because I saw, this, I saw the same thing at the parade of homes. Like people are getting excited. They just they want something and they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you look at inflationary times. Go back to the 80s. And I remember um, hearing like my parents, friends and, and mother and father-in-law talking about things like they'd buy a snowmobile and, and they'd pay $1,200 for a brand new snowmobile. They'd play with it for three, four years and they'd sell it for $1,250 when they would sell it because new snowmobiles were $4,000. And then they'd buy them for $4,000 and they'd sit there and drive them. Now they're $8,000. So depreciating assets in inflationary times sometimes makes sense, right? I mean, and then you put into the factory, you put in a house in there, which is not generally a depreciating asset. Um, you buy it and it appreciates and, and gains value over time. It's a safe investment. It, it's it's one of those things where as houses appreciate and dollars weaken, you you the spread is what you get to keep, right? That's your yield. And so, you know, not on top of that, a lot of people forget the fact that, you know, if you're buying investment properties, the depreciation factor against current income tax. So let's say, you know, next year, you're going to absolutely crush it. You're going to have that million dollar earning year or whatever you're going to have. And bonuses are going to be huge. You need to buy investment property sometimes to offset, depreciate, you know, the basis points on those houses to offset your personal income. And that's why a lot of people scramble when they know they're going to have a great big bonus coming to buy real estate. And so they can bury that into that real estate investment. And, uh, and. Hey guys, I got that um, article right here about the inflation. Um, 
8.3% year over year. And then there's a little video, a minute and 30 minutes of Janet, the, the Fed okay. chairperson. And uh, they're talking about all the gas stuff. And that is killing Europe. My buddy in the UK paid uh, 100 pounds a month last January. And now he's paying 1,200 pounds a month for gas and electricity. So oh. do you guys want to watch this article or this video? Sure. Okay. Let me share it. Among G7 countries to finalize a price cap on Russian oil. Gas prices have actually fallen about they could go back up in the winter. Should Americans be ready for that? Well, it's a risk. And it's a risk that um, we're working on the price cap to try to address. Um, this winter, uh, the European Union will uh, cease, uh, for the most part, buying Russian oil. And in addition, they will ban the provision of services um, that enable Russia to ship oil by tanker. And it is possible that that could cause a spike in oil prices. Um, our price cap proposal is designed to both um, lower Russian revenues that they use to support their economy and fight this illegal war, um, while also maintaining Russian oil supplies mm -hmm. that will help to. She's hard to listen to, but. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. At least they're thinking a little. Thank God. Um, so, what do you think? So, let, let, we're not we're not you know doing a, a political show here. We're not doing economy you know forecasting. But what happens, Chris, when gas prices go up with housing? What Usually. happens? People move in, right? Well, prices go up, but also, people also you get a, you get like like let's say it's downtown or wherever the jobs are. Those like walkable, bikeable, uh, take the bus, you know, train, light rail, whatever it is, areas become very popular. Great, great opportunity to invest because people get real sick of paying a thousand dollars a month to drive their car to work just in gas prices alone. And then they have to pay for a parking space and whatever. That's why so many people are fighting to work remote. Um, I think now is because of that with the gas prices and everything else. But, you know, we do need to create and maintain a human culture. It's kind of like a band of people. Like when you have everybody record their own separate part of the, the band independently and you put it together, it doesn't jive. But when musicians are together, they can really get that rhythm going. They can watch each other, play off each other's energy. And, and that's why they record, obviously, music live as much as they can. Yeah. You do it was coming. I saw you preparing for it. <laughs> yeah yeah well but you know what i'm saying so it's like the same thing will happen with with companies they need to get people together they need to collaborate closer work off of each other thrive together as one collective you know unit to make good sounding music i don't know <laughs> uh, that throws me off though that woman's face <laughs> i know but it's uh it is i thought it was going to come a little quicker when i started he hearing Band music compared to inflation. I mean, my gosh. I yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Do you, I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, these these companies can only keep people apart for so long, and in some jobs require people to be together. And and I know there's a lot of people resisting right now. They don't want to commute. 
they they really like having you know the stay at home situation. And the only thing I'd say to you is this: keep in mind, like if you were used to living in New York City, and you were getting paid, let's say five hundred thousand dollars a year to do a job, that same job could be done in Ohio for seventy five thousand dollars. Your New York City job now is going to be paid $75,000 when you get replaced. So you'll see expensive executives working from home, I think, losing jobs because I think you will see uh, more people that are working from home getting paid less for that privilege. And those that really want to earn the money will come back. So it's not going to be an easy process. But I do think that over time, you know, those big shot jobs working from home aren't going to. It's hard to lead when you're in your in your little office at home. It has to break at some point. And I mean, the employees right now kind of have the the leverage because there's like, well, I'll just go somewhere else and work and they'll let me do it. And so the employers are like, whatever, but pretty soon it's going to be, nah, this is the way it's going to go. If you don't like it, we'll see you later. So. Yep. Yeah. Right, let's get into some fun things. We'll do our real estate uh, memes. It's going to be brought to you by Chris Rooney, home experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I got to update that baby a little, I think. I think we should do all of our commercials live. I think we should. Maybe we should do each one for each of us. You do one. I'll do one for you. You do one for me. All right. Lean over, Chris, so we can see your beautiful face. Other way. There we go. Okay. All right. So what is this? This is when I decided to get my real estate license. You understand? Like you guys are stupid and you guys can't do normal school. So you went to real estate. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. I, uh, see, we're not even smart enough to get the memes. And so that's the problem. <laughs> it works. It works. Okay. So X equals what over what? God, we actually kind of think we're one of some of the smarter ones too. Hey, you, uh, you asked Chris Rooney uh, what a commission is on a certain level of house and he'll fire that off. That math we're good at. Yep. Yes, I am. Winning your real estate license from one of these would be a higher barrier to entry than currently exists in the industry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I don't know. Why are we I've ripping got, on realtors? I mean, this I've got, is terrible. Uh, I've, got, I've got some agents that are newer that, have, that are pretty, in my opinion, very you know intellectual people that have really struggled with these recent exams. They've made it pretty oh, hard. Oh, I know. They're... It's rare, rare that someone passes both the state and the federal at the same time. Yeah, I had a kid I just interviewed. He he went five times. Yeah, I know. And he'll probably do really good. But, yeah, some of them, I mean, it's you got to know, like, two different terms to figure out the last part of the question kind of thing. They, so they ask the questions backwards. They think, yeah, they're, yeah. they're written by college professors for sure. Yeah. All right. Do we have a doctor here? Yes, I am. What's your specialty? I brand myself as a real estate doctor. My my friend is dying. I can help with the states. There you go. That one's good. That's, That's funny. Uh, yeah. 
I think that's also going into like um, in the real estate industry now. I see it's super popular to niche, obviously. So they're making fun of like, oh, I'm a real estate doctor niche type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think, too, um, realtors should learn that realtors should get a niche and uh, and do what they're good at, because I think people sometimes tend to try to do uh, too much and uh, that gets them in trouble. And it kind of leads them off in directions where maybe they're not the best. And it's it's a lot easier to say after you've been in it for a long time and kind of did every niche that you could possibly be. I mean, Andy, you were a foreclosure specialist. You were a short sale specialist. You were a first time home buyer specialist. I mean, we all kind of do those things to be able to kind of find out where we where we fit in. Well, I think that, you know, it's it, another way to look at that is just like any other business that wants to diversify their income streams. Because if you only rely on one income stream, for an example, let's say you're a buyer's agent and um, the the buyers are coming at you um, one at a time and then the market slows down. And, and, and now because you're only buyers, you don't have any listings or you don't have any, you know, whatever. So having specialty, uh, what I call like legs of your business, where maybe one of them is estate planning. And you partner up with a, a family attorney and you you actually, you know, do estate planning and you work with them so that you have a couple of transactions a year coming from that, you know, area that you're investing your time and energy into. Uh, maybe it is. Everybody says, oh, I love to work with first time buyers. Well, you know, first time buyers, um, there's lots of them out there. I mean, that that is the, probably the easiest niche, if you want to call it that, to get into. But when you get into real specialties, like you start saying, I'm a real estate doctor. Well, I assume you go to the doctor when you have a problem. So what is your problem and what can we help you diagnose and help you get through um, versus in a, in a really good market? It's probably not um, as challenging. You know, it's like the which what, what blows me away is how people are sensitive right now to commissions. OK, but when times were really good, like, you know, the last couple of years, nobody ever argued, it seemed like, with commissions at all, because I think the money was so easy on the on the sales side. They didn't care. But now that it seems like we're paying attention they're putting pressure back on the commissions when it should have been the opposite, right? When, you know, it, there, there should be no pressure on commissions right now. It should be, hey, can you please help me get my house sold for top dollars as fast as possible? Be a better marketer, be a better negotiator, be a better everything. And, and we're willing to pay to get that job done now versus you put the sign in the yard, get multiple offers over list price. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's all consumer perception, I think. But. Yeah, I'll tell you, when you talk about being a doctor, I would, I would think we really are. A doctor of psychiatry, because that's what we deal with. I mean, yeah. every day you're dealing with the emotions, the highs, the lows, and people trying to move, can't sell their house or can't find a house. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a lot. You got to deal with people and, uh, you know, empathize with them. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting career. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's a, it's a career that, it, that almost like, it's like, Hey, they feel like you should work all the time, no matter what, whenever, I mean, you should never have time off. Um, you should, you know, maybe not charge them in which to be able to, to do it. You got to be prepared for every one of their problems. Sometimes you got to help them paint. Sometimes you got to do the landscaping. Sometimes you got to move furniture. Sometimes you got to just go in and stage and sometimes you got to go in and, and paint their cabinets. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting. And then on top of all that, become best friends with everyone. You know, it's a real, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It is, a it is weird, life. you know, cause like in real, in real life, you think about being at the football party and you don't, you know, hang out with everybody that's there. You might say hi to everybody, you know, but to actually hang out where you invest your time and energy 
Um, a lot of people, they, they forget about the personality side of it. And that's, we do a ton, a ton of analysis. When we meet with our clients, we're observing that, like their personality type, what will they interact with? What will they work best with on our behalf? And then we kind of have to be a chameleon and adjust to the color that we're, you know, or where we're hiding. So we fit in because some, you go into a dominant, you know, like you do a disc personality test, you get that high D. If I don't whip out the price and tell them exactly what I'm going to do and how fast I can do it, they've lost interest and walked out and they're moving on to the next project versus the, you get the, uh, what is it? The C style personality where they're an engineer minded person. They want all the stats, the data, the the facts, knowledge is important. Um, to them, you know, hey, they don't teach this obviously in real estate school. So, where do you suggest agents and people in, in the industry to, to learn this, Andy? I really don't. I think we should just go with the experienced agents that are out there. Yeah. Well, I think, I think unfortunately, Andy, I mean, he's, he's kind of being facetious, but it's true. You got to kind of learn through making a bunch of mistakes and, and finding out how you lose all these clients and how they're all walking out the door and what's the reason that they're doing that. I've, uh, I've, I'll tell you what, I've seen um, all different types of people come into this business, many of them that have failed and many of them that have been successful. And I don't know if there's really a, uh, a perfect formula on who, who succeeds and who, who fails. But I've no. always noticed that, you know, uh, kind of a waitress or a waiter or bartender type person who's done that in the past. I think is um, better because they've dealt with so many different people and on a lower scale, you know, they're, they're competing and, and working for tips. And they're still in the service industry though, right? Yeah. And, and you learn to deal with a whole bunch of different people. Um, but you, there's realtors that I know that would clash with so many people, but Hey, they find the right types of people that work with them. They end up doing a good job for that same type of person who then refers them to other people. I, mm-hmm. I, it's interesting. I get that now and I, I can kind of move with the, with the different types of people. Um, but that you get referred when you get referred, it's typically a like kind person. So now your clients kind of become all kind of the same person. It's really, it's kind of an interesting and it's, and it's, uh, it's much, it's, it's much better. I'll tell you that. It's interesting. That's, you know, like I've always had that, um, you know, the hard worker mentality of the, you know, I worked and I worked with rocks all day long and shoveled dirt or whatever all day long. I come home, I'm exhausted. I think that's also why, you know, real estate agents will come home at the end of a good day of working with clients when you're really adapting and adjusting your um, approach to whoever you're dealing or helping at the time. Um, it, it gets exhausting as well. And I think there's a lot of times where, you know, you get that real estate agent that comes home at the end of the day and is like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't need, I'm just going to sit here and relax and have a nice iced lemonade and sit in the shade and yeah, chill out. <laughs> chill out. All right, guys. Amazing. We're going to get into this. Uh, what I wish I knew about home ownership uh, Reddit thread. You've been supposed to do this the last couple of weeks, never got to it, but it's very good. It's going to be brought to you by Andy Prasky preferred home team. Let me find his video. Does he do? Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing. 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, 
whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, REMAX Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. Beautiful. All right, hey, so, hey, just, I know that uh, this, this has been on our little calendar for a couple uh, months now, or a couple weeks now, and uh, I think it's going to be an awesome one. So that's all I wanted to say, so you can kind of go into it. Nope. Me? Yeah, go ahead. Say what you want to say. I, I interrupted you. Nope. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, just read the, the bolded points because they explain it into it, but there's 10 bolded points and you guys can talk about uh, each point. All right, here we go. What I knew, I wish I knew about home ownership. Um, even the perfect house is not perfect. So true. Oh, so true. Um, and I'll tell you what, unless you're, unless you're building a, a high end custom home um, that you're, you know, paying a pretty good margin on and, Everything is top of the line. There's no such thing as a perfect home. And even with that, it's not a perfect home. So you, a lot of people think, you know, hey, I went into multiple offers. I ended up paying more. This home should be, you know, everything I wanted. But it's still a home. It still has it still has its issues. And uh, it, it, it is what it is. I yeah. mean, so it, nothing. You want to hear an old realtor trick? Yes. Okay. So when you're doing the prey to homes or, or anything like that, and you want to honestly – hear the feedback of the consumer. Uh, we always put a radio upstairs in the house. Um, so when they get away from the real estate or the open house attendant or whatever you want to call it, um, they go upstairs and the radio is actually playing upstairs. And you're like, well, that's nice. They're playing music for us. Well, what it does is it actually makes you talk a little louder. And guess what can be heard downstairs? Your feedback. So the, oh, I never would have done that tile upstairs or, oh my gosh, can you believe how this little closet up here, they think they can get 800,000 with this little closet. It's amazing the amount of feedback that we get just by overhearing. Um, and and we're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just, you know, it, it's it's an old trick I learned from a guy years ago when we were doing open houses. He goes, that's the only way I get good feedback from my builder. I um, says, Oh, it's great. Very Minnesota nice. Oh, I love it. We just do hidden cameras. <laughs> we pay the fine if we have to it's no big deal oh do you know that you have to um in the real estate world when you're listing your house you have to notify people if you're getting filmed or audio so they know because how many times have we all walked through houses and we start talking about how much we love it and oh but geez this one's way better than the other one and i can't believe it's only priced at this well there's obviously motivation so mm -hmm. uh you can't you can't do that stuff fyi yeah no one cares about your quirky style or decor sometimes i would say um but for the most part uh it was really interesting i was going uh through with a seller how um different angles of photos clutter things and then when you see it from a different angle and or remove things it, it's amazing what it does to photos, but people sometimes get really stuck on their little rooster that's in the kitchen or, hey, this bouquet of flowers. And those things are fantastic when they're showing them, not when you're doing photos, because photos are your first impression. It, it's so important 
to be able to not eliminate people from your photos. You want them to be able to kind of get inside and then you can kind of give them a little homier feel, but uh, not too much. That's why a lot of times we'll remove rugs. We'll remove rugs for photos to make it look bigger, but then put the rugs back in when people are showing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, you've got that beautiful wood floor beneath there. And maybe you put it there for warm toes in the winter when you're watching TV or whatever. But in reality, you paid a ton to have that wood floor there. You should show it so people can appreciate that it's there. Because there's a lot of other things they're focusing on in that house. I always observe people, like when they're doing the um, the walkthrough of the house, They a lot of times, especially if you personal photos up or whatever, people will walk through. They, they get fixated on whose house this is. And they literally start like looking and they won't say it to maybe the agent. But I mean, I've seen where people are even Googling. You know what I mean? And they're like looking so or Facebook, for an example. That's the other thing. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, they must be moving because of this. That seems to be now there's a mystery to figure out. And it's like eliminate all those questions. Like sometimes I'll even write like I'll have people write a nice note that says, hey, um, hope you love the home as much as we do. Here's some refreshments. Go enjoy the sunset on the deck like we did for many years. Uh, job transfer is the only reason why we're moving from this beautiful location. Love the neighbors. Love the parks. Love the schools. Um seller. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little advice from a guy who's moved 20 times now, um, which is a lot. I mean, it, it don't, don't, and don't that hasn't, where you live. Yeah. And the other guy that hasn't taken my advice and I, we always kind of do our house, like it's going to be for sale, but you have total right and ability to enjoy it and do what you want to do at your house. It just, it's just when it comes time to sell, people aren't going to probably think the same way you are, or a lot less people are going to think that way. So the more people we can get it out to, the more exciting it is, and then they can make it their home. So it's just do it, do what you want to do, but just know when it comes to sell, it just takes a little, a, a little help sometimes to be able to make it uh, really sellable. And, and in the end, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get the most money that you possibly can for that house. And that's what our job is to be able to help you do that. And I'll tell you what, if you see bad pictures, I blame the realtor. I do it every do time because there you can't you can't do that. Even if if they are bad pictures, then take them out. You know, don't don't put them in. Andy's I, done. I, I, I literally just gave that, that advice this week, Chris. I had an agent yeah. that called me. They were struggling with a property they had listed, and they called me. And just said, "Hey, real quick, I'll return the favor in the future. Why is this not selling?" And I, within two seconds, go, "It's your photos." I mean, the yard's horrible. The the photos are. You know, the, the countertops are filthy. The house isn't staged at all. I go, you'd be better off having no photos and the picture of the front address stone and nothing else and let people come up there and show the house. Yeah. You know, at least that way that they're going to give your house a chance. This way, with the way the photos position that home for sale, you, you're not going to get that chance. They're not even going to want to show the house. It's gross. Yep. Okay, fixing up your own house with contractors may cost more than one that is already done. Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you what, what happens with remodels is that it just goes into from one thing to the next. And all of a sudden you want to put a new window in. And once you put that new window in, you got to get rid of some of that siding. And then it, oh, I have to repatch some siding in because maybe that window was a little smaller. Now it doesn't match. Now I got to do the whole house. And then that made a problem with the soffit fascia. So I have to redo that. Now God screwed up the roof. So I better put a new roof on. And so a simple window can cause like a, a tumbling block of other problems that you might run into. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I was out showing houses last night and uh, we came across one that was a flip 
And what's interesting to me is, is that I think that a lot of these flippers, not not all, but but some of them, you can tell they have like their high school kids painting the old oak trim white. And you can literally see there's there's string in there, there's mosquitoes stuck in them. I mean, they're sloppily painting the the trim and yeah. nobody's paying attention and it's being done with a brush. So there's streaks in it. It looks like crap. And yep, that house is remodeled, but remodeled by a toddler. I mean, my God, I, there there is such a, a a level of quality difference, right? And I and the, the, one of these homes that we looked at, um, the kitchen, you could tell the kitchen was pre-finished cabinets, and it looked beautiful. Actually, in this application, it was the smartest thing they ever did because whoever was doing their trim and everything else in their walls was horrible. And not everybody's created equal when it comes to painting, for sure. There's proper techniques. There's proper products. I mean, are, you know, the, you know, are you using whatever, I don't know. I just, I, I got really like fastly turned off by this house. And my, my buyer was walking through going, gosh, this is gorgeous. And I said, I want you, I'm not trying to be the guy that bursts your bubble, but I go, let's go together. Let me take my phone. And I highlight the trim around the, the, the doors and they go, oh my God, it's horrible. I never would have looked at that. I never even would have thought of that. And I go, or how about the floors as we're walking? They're creaking. I make every floor creak, but, um, you know, it, it's the advantage uh, of us as a realtor. I go, they probably didn't acclimate their wood when they put it in. I said, they probably just threw it in there when it was hot and humid this summer. And now it's drying out because they have the AC on in the house. And it's just some of those little steps that a professional contractor that knows what the heck they're doing would do that makes all the difference in the world. Now you're going to have a floor issue. You're going to have a trim issue. I go, I was nervous. I just, there was a lot of things I'm going, if they did it this sloppy to the things you can see, what did they do sloppy to the things you can't see? Yeah. I had a, it's, it's funny when you talk about the whole wood floor acclimating uh, to its new surroundings before installing it. I had a client of mine that, uh, that was going to put some flooring in. They're like, yeah, they won't come and install it. That, that wood's been here for two weeks already. And I mean, they should be here at installing it. I'm saying, you know what they're doing? you're lucky you got a good person you know that they they're actually letting it kind of get used to uh what your temperature is and stuff yeah yeah because that would a lot of times you think about this chris mm -hmm. they'll those um mills will use kiln dried lumber that has its moisture content down to you know six to eight percent and then they mill it and it's perfect and there's no moisture in the wood and then they bring it to the lumber yard and then the lumber yard do they sit inside in a controlled environment or does it sit out on the shelves Big difference, right? So usually when it's interior flooring, they keep it inside. Now they go to your construction site where you have the windows open and it's 70% humidity outside where the dew points are through the roof. That that wood now is absorbing that moisture like you would not believe and actually swelling, hence the name acclimating, to its current environment and absorbing the moisture so that it's it that's the new world where it's going to live. So you're letting it, it's almost like putting your toe in the water before you actually jump in. That's exactly what they're doing is they're testing the water to make sure it's ready. So where's my analogy girl now? <laughs> uh, one project can lead to 10 more. Yeah. And that's kind of a fun part though. You know, the, the projects that if you're a little handy, I just, I just listed a house with a guy who uh, was a national builder that built it, but then he's a contractor and he does really good stuff. And yep. he kind of gave those little, you know, the little um, rustic, alder on uh, the foyer wall and kind of shiplap the the mud room and then did a wood ceiling and then tiled this back back pantry and put shelves on top of it and it's just those little things that you know with you with a uh, national builder 
what do you typically get? You get square footage, but maybe the quality isn't as great, you know, because they have to, to make it bigger. They have to put lesser things in there. And now you sprinkle them with these things. It just kind of makes that house shine. Yeah. I was, I was going to look at like the, you, well, you know, there's a little water coming out of the, uh, the old humidifier. So we go up there, we look at, well, you got to replace that. Well, as long as we're here, we're going to do a test on your fire furnace. Also, the furnace is leaking CO2. Well, you got to replace your furnace. Well, as long as we're replacing the furnace, now we should really take a look at the old AC unit that's outside. All of a sudden, you're $20,000 into a, a drip. And, and I think that's what they're talking about, too, where some of these things that aren't even, you know, visible are, are replaced, you know, have to be replaced. And so when you're out there shopping, I, I always say think like an old dad, right? You're protecting your little kid. And, and even though they may be adults, you know, I think about my kids, someday they want to buy a house, they're out there looking, and I'm going to be looking at roofs, windows, uh, furnaces, all the big ticket items. So when you find a house that has all those big ticket items done, but maybe it doesn't have the pretty little or cute little bathrooms like the other house did, there's a way to shop. You put on different goggles when you shop. I call them dad eyes. Put your dad eyes on when you're shopping because those big investments that are made, usually it's the, the older couples that have the new roof, the new windows, they increase their insulation. And then also they decide, hey, we're moving to the lake. But they don't have the cool new bathroom in their house. It's it's dated. Who cares? They've got all the $150,000 worth of crap done. Now you can put $10,000 into your bathroom, $30,000 into your, your kitchen, and now the house is perfect, you know? Yeah. Emotion. Emotion is one of the biggest things people do when they're, when they're buying. So. All right. Hey, number five. Shoddy tools and shoddy materials screw you over in the long run. Wow, you it's like that? that? I think I think that just goes along totally with what what you were talking about with the the DIY do it yourself uh, flipper. Yep. You know when you start seeing the floors creaking and the the trim being bad and the kids painting with uh, what'd you say spiders and bugs and yeah, just paint right over the cobwebs. Don't worry about them. Yeah, exactly. I'm like the little dummies, and and I assume they were kids because there's no way an adult, unless they were on something, would do that. Money well spent for a good painter. I think that's a huge thing. It covers up a lot of ill ills. I'll tell you that. Agreed. All right. HOAs suck. Not having an HOA also sucks. So homeowners association was that is what that stands for. Yep. And um, you know, I think from the part that not having one sucks is that you know your neighbors are kind of um, at the mercy of being just good neighbors versus being forced to be good neighbors, such as parking semis outside, um, you know, 17 vehicles in the, in the driveway, staying overnight, putting campers up, that kind of stuff that whatever, no matter what you say, it, it hurts. <laughs> I mean, that, that hurts your value. And then having HOAs, it's kind of like it's stopping you from doing what you want to do as well. So you know, think about this. Some of your highest earners, um, are, are tradesmen and are tradeswomen, right? And they have work vehicles and they don't want to drive somewhere to get in their work vehicle to drive. So they want to park their work vehicle at home. And some HOAs will not allow them to park in the driveway. Some HOAs will not allow them to build a garage big enough to accommodate their work truck. So they literally eliminate a buyer that has a great job, will be gamefully employed the rest of their career. And, and I just, I think it's kind of foolish. I think sometimes these HOAs, when they try to protect their own. Um, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's a, be careful what you wish for, you know? Yeah. Hey, Andy, you know, when we sit and talk about, you know, Hey, we're working, we're doing all this kind of things and you should get out and do, do things. There's one guy that just 
he's now he's on a Norwegian cruise ship for God's sakes, Mike Ludwig. The, well, you know, you'll never say that guy did. You'll never say that guy doesn't live. He does everything. I mean, this guy, he knows every place to get food. I mean, he's great. The guy's great. I mean, it's awesome that they do it. They live. I mean, they actually even lived in uh, Ireland for I think it was two years. Yeah, and he still did real estate from there. It's kind of a, very interesting. So, well, that's what you do when you got big money like that. The billionaire clubs are fun. They, uh... all right. Uh, un- let's see here. You're unlikely to your forever home, and it costs ten percent in value to move. Okay, that's the reality. Um, everyone thinks that they're never going to move again, and uh, that's the case. I just sold a house that uh, the seller had been there sixty-one years. That very rare, very rare, but uh, wow. they don't. And what they're saying costs ten percent to move. I mean, talking about real estate commission and uh, likelihood when they say ten percent is that you're paying the buyer's closing costs as well um, to kind of come up with that sort of number. So, but it does. It costs money to move. It's fact. Wonder what kind of breakfast Mike's having on his cruise today. Oh, can you imagine? I think he's on that the, through the um, Nick. What are the seas out there? Nick should know that if he's in Norway. Where's where's he traveling? The Baltic Sea, probably. He's on the Baltic Sea. Yeah, you're on the Adriatic, right? Yeah, right now. Yeah. Adriatic. A lot of things weren't made better back then. <laughs> so an older house that uh, maybe it was built better, and um, I'm I'm doing a remodel on a house that we're going to eventually uh, move into. And I'll tell you what. Nails must must have been uh, really inexpensive at that time because we're ripping this thing apart and there's like 50 nails per board. It's, it's unbelievable uh, what they did back then. And so maybe it was kind of put back together. But once we uncovered it all and found out what we had to do, I mean, we basically had to reframe the whole place because it was put together so bad. So it's, I mean, there is some things, I mean, obviously things cost more now. But there's a reason that they do cost more for what they do with them. And um, Andy, we have uh, in our model, and I'm kind of you're, you're into this kind of stuff, and I'm kind of like what, whatever. But it does make a big deal. We have a hers rating, hers rating of 38. That's pretty good. What are you talking about? That's awesome. It's 100 is the normal, and 80 is uh, kind of like the super acceptable. I don't believe it. You don't believe I have it? I'm going to take a picture of it. I, uh, it I want to see board. the documentation supporting that report. You get under 50, it's pretty damn good. I know. That's what I'm saying. They've never had one this low. It's perfect. Well, I, I get a lot of these models where you look at them and they're in the 80s. That's pretty normal for new construction. And your existing house you live in is probably a 300. So, yeah. I mean, it's like that's how much more energy efficient they are. So, it, it is It is a um, – I'm surprised, honestly – that with the way people are into their, you know, electric cars and plugins and all they people aren't more interested in that. They, they, I don't, a lot of people don't push that and or ask about it as much as they used to a couple years ago. They did, but it's, it's, um, you know, you pull up in a hybrid, I assumed you'd want to see the, the energy efficiency report on it, you know, but we kind of throw that to the side when they're looking at design and price and, um, this, the model we're in has a geothermal in it too. Oh, and that's, um, that's probably why. Yeah, that's probably helped it. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a picture of that mechanical room and show it to you. It's unbelievable. I'm Why like, don't you just invite me over and give me a ticket so I can come in for free? Five bucks, I'll pay for you. Five bucks, it goes to You will not. Yep. You have to pay five bucks every time you go to work. That's a, Yeah, 
Well, they don't make me pay, so it's kind of nice. It'd be but, funny if they did. All right. No, you probably won't put an ADU subdivide your lot, rezone, separate. This is out into a basement apartment. Okay, so it's just, I think they're just stating that, you know, you can't, uh, you, you know, you're not going to make a billion dollars on your place and have put a bunch of different uh, uh, uses towards it. Always check the zoning because the zoning is very interesting. Um, we're looking for a client right now that uh, is looking for mental health uh, abuse um, type uh, facilities and they have boutique areas. And so they're looking for you know, bigger houses and finding the zoning in, like, in different areas. So like in St. Paul, for instance, if you have a single family home, but it's in an R2 use, you know, you're able to be able to do these places without even getting conditional use permits and stuff. So it's, it's just kind of interesting knowing your zoning and what you can do. I was with a realtor yesterday that sold a house and this guy, this guy can't be more than 28 years old, Andy. And yeah. he's got a hundred beds in and around the St. Thomas campus. And um, he's just kind of figured out the right areas in which to be able to do things and how to be able to create. Um, and when I say beds, he'd be literally beds. So in a fourplex or a four bedroom place, that's eight beds that he has. And uh, is just, just killing it. Good for him. Yeah. But it's all about the zoning and where you can get it. And in St. Paul, there's the so-called yeah. tokens that you get only so many houses can be rentals. And mm -hmm. so sometimes, Hey, there's one that's a rental. I'm going to tear it down because the zoning is this and make it into a, a bigger rental. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, like a lot of times college kids don't care if there's, you know, two guys per room or something, as long as the room's decent sized, yeah. you know, having a roommate to actually can be a benefit. Yep. All right. You can't reliably time the market with your life. What's that? What happens again? Andy? Shift. Shift happens. Shift. Shift happens. Yeah. And is that not the truth? You know, we're seeing that a lot. And I think some people are like, oh, my gosh, I think we lost. We missed the market, you know, and we were going to hold out. And you know what? You can't you, you can't live your life just based on on that. You know, a home is a home and it's nice to be able to have and, and go back to. And it is a it's a great investment vehicle as well. But I think people have to kind of put that into perspective as well. You know, that it doesn't. And it, I, I mean, who's talking here? Again, I've moved 20 times and always looked at my homes as an investment and a way in which to be able to kind of make more money. And uh, me telling people now that I, you know, I was wrong. I never had a, a screen porch, a screen porch until house number 19. And I think it's the one of the best things I've ever had. And it's like, I never put it in before because I'm like, ah, oh, that's a little too much money, you know? But I mean, how much, you, you got to enjoy it too. So. That's okay, that. guys, I'm very excited for this next thing. I'm going to really test uh, what you guys are made out of. So you're going to blindly sell a listing I pick. I haven't even looked at anything. I'm just going to go down on this map on Zillow, and you're going to take it away. So who wants to go first? Oh my I will. God. Okay, Chris is going to go first. Put it anywhere. Uh, Except Poland. Poland. I don't know that market. All right, ready? Hold on. Confuse you a little bit. Okay, here we go. Oh, boy. Brought me to Minneapolis. 
oh, in France. This is right on the close to fiftieth uh, in France. So Edina, kind of this. This is a good. This is a good little area. Uh, kind of uh, oh, detached garage. Let's see here. It says it's got nine thousand square feet. I'm I'm not buying it. Eighteen hundred up there. Nine. Oh, the lot is nine thousand square feet. So it's not. Uh, if you just can you see some pictures. What am I doing? Trying to sell this house? Yes, you're selling the listing. Okay, so it's my listing. All right. I I might have um, at the beginning here uh, suggested that they might paint uh, that red, just because uh, it just can attract more people that way. So it's possible. I'm gonna we'll just keep going, and I'll see if I, if that's what I want to do. Okay, so kind of a little modern, um, kind of some cool cabinets, obviously redone with the ceilings there. All right, we got a couple types of flooring. Looks like they're running into each other. Let's go. Keep going. Okay, so if I'm selling that, I'm not gonna have an office in the kitchen area at all. That, um, so I'm helping them try to sell. So go back one. This little um, this little guy over here, the little cabinet on that green wall, that's got to go. I mean, that's for the big guys. It's got to open up. Um, you can't feel like you're you're crowded in because already that kitchen is uh, it's it's feeling pretty tight. And here's a great example of maybe angles of photos. If you look on this photo, I mean, okay, you get those two windows, but you have different colors. You see the green front door. You know this picture, that ceiling. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a full photo, and it just needs to be lesser. Even by you pulling that in, Nick, I mean it made it look better, um, but there's just there's too much. It's too busy. Okay, the red you can see with with the photos. I mean, kind of calming them down because you've got. I mean, what's the things you look at on here? I'm looking at the couch. I'm looking at that photo. I'm looking at the TV. And oh, by the way, there's a fireplace there. That's the part that you want them to be able to see with this great wall of of wood. I think I would have I would have uh, bore that um, bore made that more boring. Got that TV and stuff out of there. <clears throat> see, there's another example right there. Just the, the type of photos that you have. Sorry, whoever listed this. Um. Here's the other thing too, Nick, go back again. This is kind of the fickle things, but I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Look at the, the cars out on the street there. You know, it's just nice to not get that kind of stuff in on your photos because that's exactly what people do. And then they start looking like right next to the TV. What is that thing outside? And they concentrate more on that than they do on the house. Um, I, I might have taken the blinds all off those windows too. Hey, we need out. to get Andy in here quick too. So let's let's go through these. Yeah, too full. So I would have I would have kind of neutralized the house more uh, in here, and I know it's in kind of a little more area that um, doesn't mind that artistic thing. But again, I don't. It's what we talked about before. We just didn't excite them, getting them into that house from the beginning. There's just nothing that says screams. I got to go see that house. And the other thing, I never saw any bedrooms until I went downstairs. So you got to be able to do that too. Andy's turn. Let's see where Andy goes. 
Nobody knows. Oh, putting them up in his area, of course. There we go. You good, Andy? Oh, oh you're, you're muted. Okay, here we go. I said a crooked house in North Oaks. Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess that's some kind of a townhouse, but I'll tell you what. You want something that's different but has a charm of an older-aged home? Come on up to North Oaks and take a look at our $990,000 value. Uh, that's all I know. doesn't have any bedrooms or bathrooms, but it's beautiful. Um, normally... The garage is what's forward. So it's interesting that they put the garage in the back, the house towards the street. Um, yeah, let's flip through the pictures quick so I can get some more ammo for selling. 4,000 square feet. Nice. nice. Open, airy, kind of almost a Victorian vibe to the house, okay. Formal dining up in the front. Okay, built-ins. Look at that ceiling. Yeah, it's neat. I'd I'd be surprised. This uh, there was a builder over in that area called Smith Builders. That my uh, yeah, nice cherry cabinets too. Nice. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the arches, but um, that's something that you know obviously goes with the rest of the house, right? There's arches everywhere in that home. Okay. So this house would be great for entertaining. Nice open floor plan, which everybody loves. Um, very classic, distinguished looking home. Um, rich, vibrant colors throughout. Uh, I'd redo the bathrooms. I hate to say it. I'd redo. I'd get all that white out of there. Um, but for now, I mean, it's in good shape. This is, this is probably, I'm guessing, um, well, yeah, I want to say the word older seller, but probably bubble hockey. Love it. So we're down in the basement now, workout area. Nice. That's where the old projection TV used to go. Remember that? Hey, when are you guys well, so I'll tell you what. Uh, North Oaks is a real high demand area right off the freeway over there, right off of 35E, uh, um, close to everything. It's a very distinguished neighborhood, um, very prestigious address. But yet the it uh, looks like this would be in a detached townhouse kind of um, development. So everything would be maintained for you, but you still have the feel of a single family home with, uh, again, capacity for entertaining in the sense that there's lots of room for formal dining, uh, big areas for families to gather and entertaining that lower level looks really nice. So you have a separate space to break away from the family. If you want to watch the football game in the lower level, um, and it all can be yours for under a million bucks. I had some clients come uh, to our, we had an open house event at our model and uh, they're, they're big radio listeners, Andy, and they, they've found our podcast. I, I saw them last year. Oh, cool. They didn't know about it. And so they found it and they listened to it. And, um, it was, it was funny because they, they asked about you and I'm like, yeah, she goes, how'd you be? And I, and I said, how we met, we met through Garth Johnson and how you were um, running a bunch of different leads for him and just felt that, um, you know, us together was, was just kind of like, we're totally two different. We're totally two different, but we kind of gravitate 
at the end towards the right thing, but how we yeah. get there is different. And that thing, it was just a total example of that. Now he was kind of selling it and kind of saying what the things were. And I was trying to figure out how to get it better looking to be able to sell it. And so we took whatever um, Nick said, and we kind of thought about it in our own way and, and came with it. Both were right. They were yeah. wrong, but that it's just, uh, I think that's, it's kind of interesting. And Plus, I get to make fun of you all the time. And they, well, they, they like that, too. I'll tell you what, though. It makes me feel like I undersold. I had a – I think there was a compliment in there somewhere. So thank you, and I compliment you back. Um, the uh, – the uh, I just built a house for a client up in North Oaks on one of the last remaining lots, and I think we undersold it, man. We, we were at a million one, and I had, like, almost 5,800 finished square feet, sport courts, basement, and uh, compared to that at 3,800, um, boy, I, I think we gave ours away. Good for good for my client. They they yeah. walked into some equity then, a couple hundred grand. That's good. Time for them to sell it then with Andy Prasky. Perfect. Hey, I think uh, next week we're going to do some staging talk. We had uh, a loyal listener, Nikki, send us in um, a suggestion. So we're probably going to get that happening next week. I'll probably talk more Pray to Home stuff and uh, – yeah, give us a like, a review on the iTunes, Spotify, or even Facebook. We post three di di digestible clips a week. Check those out. And then uh, Chris Rooney Home Experts Facebook page and Andy Prasky, buying and selling real estate with Andy Prasky, Minnesota, right? It's a whole mouthful, but it's all there. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. See ya. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.